lived seven lives last night. Michael Bublé, Canada's crooner. How was he feeling? That's the question. He was feeling good. I guess this doesn't work for podcast people. It's that Bublé song where he goes, I'm feeling good. Yeah, you know what he was up to last night at the NHL All-Star Draft, unless he was joking, in which case, oh, you got one over on us. Definitely don't believe the first thing I heard and not the second. Uh, Brett Gutty, Jesse Rubinoff here, here with you until 9 o'clock. And, you know, Jesse, you and I have yeah. talked a lot today. We got our guests on the line. Let's just bring them in here. Yeah, let's do it. Sammy McKee. Sammy, bud. Here How you go, doing? Buddy. What's up? Nice to hear your guys' voices. How's things? How are how are you? Are did you did you have all star festivity plans last night when I saw you were booked and I did request you because I love talking to you, but I thought, mm, all star festivities in town. You're a man who who has a social bone in his body. Uh did you get up to things last night? I'm a little surprised to have you on with us, honestly. No, I did nothing. No, I did nothing. Nope. Did nothing, boys. I was in bed by ten thirty. Uh I, I was talking a little bit, little bit about this on Real Kipper and Born yesterday that I'm at the age where I still have the desire to do things. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, I shouldn't say I have the desire to do things. I have the, the like, it, yeah. A but, thought. And I have the, I have the FOMO still, yeah, right. where it's like, I don't really want to do anything. Like, I, I'm not a young man. Like, I, <laughs> you know, I saw that. I saw, I saw MLSC. Like, they emailed me and they're like, "Hey, do you want to?" Uh, RSVP for the Bieber party. I'm like, you can go down there and you could have been media and like been on the red carpet, maybe like tried to, you know, hobnob with some, you know, some celebrities or whatever. And I'm like, in theory, that sounds very cool in theory, but you know what else sounds really cool? Like having dinner, hanging out with my wife <laughs> and Luda and then going to bed. Oh, yeah. Like, so I, I'm so really, old. I know I'm, I'm feeling a little washed up. I'm going to the fan fest today. Uh, we're doing a show live from down there today, which will probably be a bit of a zoo. And then I think I, I have a credential, so I'm going to go check out the all-star, uh, the skills comp, and then we'll see what happens from there. See what happens from okay. there. We'll see who's floating around. Maybe tonight will be my night. Uh, but yeah, didn't do anything last night. And I just, I just, I don't feel cool enough anymore. So it's a tough one, boys. Oh man, that's, that's so tough for me. Cause you're like the coolest guy I hang out with on, oh, on any time buddy, type of occasion. So. Is, yeah, you, you are cool. No, 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 it's not. No, don't. That's not so much a compliment to McKee as I it is an relative. insult to me. Yeah, sure. It's I just like, relative. I hang out with Ben every day. Yeah. So, you know, so I'm just looking, I'm, I just woke up guys. So I'm looking at my, um, Texts yeah. and my boy Johnny Gallant, who I play hockey with, okay. the bass player for um, for Billy Talent, spectacular yeah. guy. He, I just, I'm in a group chat with all the guys I play hockey with on Thursday morning, mm-hmm. including him, and he sent a text saying, "Anybody else at Beaver's party?" Question <laughs> mark. And it's like a picture with him, and he got a jersey, <laughs> sweet jersey, courtesy of the Beebs. Now I have full phone. Yeah, should've you should have gone. gone. Would have saw, saw my boy Johnny. Got He's like in. connected in the Canadian music yeah. scene. I would have been in there. And you know what, boys? Probably wouldn't have picked up this call. Yeah. So, okay. You know, Beeb's a cool dude, too. Speaking of cool. There you go. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, What'd you make of last night, Sammy? It's, uh, Connor and I have been going back and forth uh, about it for, for most of the morning and, you know, certain things that they could do to improve it. But on the uh, whole, it was it was okay. Get them drunk. That's how you do it. Yeah. Put a, Make it at 9 p.m. Put them in a knot on ice. Put them in like a big concert hall and just have them be liquored up. That's how you get the real personalities out of these guys. They're hockey players, boys. It was always going to be a little bit of cringe. Yeah. 
I feel for my boy Amber trying to bleed a stone. <laughs> like it's just, it's not like it's just who they are. You know, it's like even if you put like you know who, what person, what league do we have? Say has the best personalities. I guess it's the NBA. Yeah. Like there's you know even if you put the NBA guys in that scenario, stone sober at six p.m. <laughs> It's going to be a little bit awkward. Yeah. And I'm sure that part of the reason the NHL had it at that time 100%. was so that, that it wasn't greasy. Yeah. And they didn't have Alex Ovechkin taking a picture of a of Phil Kessel on a flip phone when he's the last pick overall. Like, I'm sure they didn't want that. But to me, it's just like, you need to have it later in the evening. You need to have it in a situation where the guys can drink. You need to have a little bit of fun with it. It just felt like they were trying to rush through that, get it over with, so that they didn't have any, like, viral moments, which is the opposite of what they should have been doing. But yeah, I uh, I thought it was pretty cringe, but I you know good on Amber for trying and good on everyone for trying, but found it hard to watch. If I'm being totally honest, boys. Yeah, I think I think that's that's fair. The stuff that was killing me was like the unintentional comedy aspect of it all. It's like they got the hot mics on guys, and it's like I don't know who someone kept kept telling the Hughes brothers they looked adorable and they looked cute and, uh, like that. Definitely bootleg. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. I think he told us as much uh, after after the fact. Like the these. That that is you're right. Like, and it's not a knock on like Amber or Bucci or anything, but it's like once they see those guys, they it's almost like they click Tight back down. in and they remember. They're like, right, work. <laughs> I can get in trouble here. Uh, and then the other part of it is you kind of nailed it. Like with the last pick, we got to laugh at somebody. And I think part of the problem is that when we're all laughing at Phil Kessel, it's like that's fun. But let's just pick on a guy like let's say it was Oliver Bjorkstrand. It's like mm. that's like funny in the moment, I guess. But it only matters if it's a guy who, like, has stakes. Like, I was thinking about this when it was the NBA. Like, it was, I want to say it was, like, Kyrie and Rudy Gobert were the last two guys. And it's, either of those guys, it's hilarious if they're the last pick. But it's, like, you look at who's poking around. It's, like, it's Boone Jenner and it's Oliver Bjorkstrand. Like, it just doesn't have anywhere near the same, like, stakes, you know? I I just, in general, like, looking through some of the names on the All-Star list, it's, like, we had Doug McLean on yesterday. He was talking about the time that he it's played. Incredible. He he coached the All Star game in '96 when he benched Roman Hammerlick, which is the all <laughs> one of the all time stories. But like, I'm looking through these rosters, boys. It's like Hall of Famer, stud, stud, Hall of oh, Famer. Oh, I know. It's like, why is Boone Jenner there? I love you, Boone Jenner, great player. <laughs> yeah. Why? Like, this what are we doing here? Story. Why is why is Oliver Bjorkstrand there? Like, can we just have it be the best guys in the league? Like. Listen to the starting lineup for the Western <laughs> Conference in 1996. Mm. Paul Correa, Red Hall, Wayne Gretzky, uh, Paul Coffey, Chris Chelios. <laughs> Pretty good. I'd take it. The starting, li- the starting lineup for Doug McLean's Eastern Conference. Scott Stevens, Ray Bork, Marilyn Lemieux, uh, Yarmer Yager, Brendan Shanahan. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good it's like yeah, i just don't know why we have to jam these guys down our throats that aren't all-stars so this is like, there's so many better guys that aren't on there's just because like, it I'm doesn't sure the, matter either way well no here's my here's my idea matter. bud here's my idea is if they are so hot and bothered to have somebody from every team there make those guys be the goalies 
Like, just pick a goalie from Columbus and send him there. Okay, you need to have a Kraken player? Sure. Go pick one of their goalies and send him there. Like, we have to have goalies in this thing. But if I'm a goalie for a good team, I don't want my guy at this event. And if you have to have representation, there. You got your guy. Are you really that much more excited that it's Boone Jenner as opposed to Merzlikens or whoever it would be from from Columbus there? Like, that is my idea. For, like, a fix I know will never happen because they're not going to say, yeah, we'll just bring all the bad goalies but who cares if the goalies are good? We want goals at this thing. Like that is my fix that can never happen for this. Uh, it's a really good idea. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. Like to me watching back and seeing some of the old clips from the old, uh, all-star games, like this can matter. Like, why don't we Nolan just have Point. a hockey game? Thank why don't you. we have a hockey? Thank game? you. Like I was like, let's do three on three. It's like, could we play the sport that they play? Like imagine in the, I guess the NFL is one thing where they've just gone completely the other way and just done a flag football game, but sure. Do that. Do a street hockey game. Then Mm. like, just if you're going to do not the sport, do not the sport. Zegris is licking his his chops at that, by the way. I just don't understand why we can't do a hockey game at the NHL all-star hockey. It's like, (laughs) why do we have to do a three on three tournament? Anyways, I, th- I think they've I'm sorry if I'm griping it. so much. No, no, no. It, it makes sense. Don't ever apologize about complaining yeah, to no, me. No, those points make all make sense. I think what the NHL has probably looked at is they said, you know, it hasn't really mattered in the sense that the players don't try that hard, even if you have the best players. So are you really getting a product that everybody is going to love regardless? Like, I don't think if you had the best players at the All-Star game this weekend – but they still give the effort level that they usually give in an all-star game. Like, I don't think ratings are surging by 50% for that game, right? So at some point, they're trying to make a different strategy here where if you have a Boone Jenner who, you know, represents Columbus and there's fans in Columbus and they can see their favorite player, you know, mingling with McDavid and Matthews and whoever, like that means more probably to the NHL front office than having the best players there who don't try anyway. Like unless you're getting a game, like you said, where it's an actual hockey game where they actually try, where there's effort involved and it's a good product, like none of it really matters otherwise. I think that's all really well taken, but to me, they're not going to try for the first you know, 40 minutes regardless. Yep. Like right. I think any, any all-star game, they're never going to try. But then to me, if it's close going into the third period and you're playing an actual hockey game, right. It's going to happen. Guys are going to get competitive. It's going to, yep. it's not going to be like people are hitting each other. Don't get me wrong here. Uh, you know, the coach isn't going to bench Roman hammer, <laughs> but like, get Mac it's, gonna, <laughs> it's incredible, but it's just going to be, it's going to get a little tighter. But anyways, I, I just, I, sitting here crapping all over the all-star game and I'm heading down to fan fest today. So maybe hopefully they're not listening to this, but uh, I just, I, I don't know. I hate all-star games. I, uh, we, me, Kipper and Borny, we all had a, we made a blood pact yesterday that we're all taking this week off next year. Uh, I didn't like that. You guys know you're my favorite show. And I was just yeah, listening, crying, curled up. What's like, the best wanna... all-star game? Like, I guess it would be baseball no, because you don't really have to. Uh, no, McKee's right. They all stink. Even the baseball one. It's like, it's just a baseball game. Like we've seen these before. Yeah. And, and it's, it's so easy like... to try because it's an, indi- it's more of an individual sport. Yeah. And... But the, it's always like three, one. Cause it's all the best. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the best pitchers. <laughs> yeah. and The hitters can't get anything. That's yeah. right. The, the, the all-star or the, the uh, MVP of it this year was a guy I'd literally never heard of. It was like the catcher for the Rockies. I'm like, he's the M like, what? He hit a solo home run. It's like, Oh, great. Like, I don't know. Anyways, things used to be so much better. Uh, You want to talk about hockey, like actual hockey. 
Sure. What uh, do you got for me? Yeah, well, Lindholm. Like, I haven't, you know, oh, it's like yeah. news of the day, uh, but we haven't talked about it here. Just, I... I don't want to talk to you about like the trade. What's it mean for the Canucks? But I kind of wanted to talk to you. You made this, you brought up this point when you guys were talking about it yesterday or earlier in the week, the idea of just what a like fun time that is to be a Canucks fan. Like Leafs kind of lived in that window for a minute. It's and like, this isn't doom and gloom. The window to win isn't closed, but that window is right now. The idea of just let's add, let's go all in, get a big sexy piece. Cap space is not an issue at all. You don't have to worry about the contract for Pedersen because he hasn't signed one yet. Maybe that's a worry, but it's just like, what a fun time it is for that fan base and you know I'm not going to sit here all starry-eyed about Canucks like the you know one of my least favorite Canadian teams but it is awesome for them to kind of have this moment where you get to push in especially after it's been so I don't know like weird there for the last half decade basically yeah I totally pander to the Canucks fans on our national hour every day but yeah I can't have that <laughs> one in the cup like, no thank you <laughs> and I'm sure most of my Leaf fan brethren listening to this, uh, they they feel the same oh, way. Oh, God. It's my, least, way. it's my least favorite thing every year when I got to hear, oh, it's Canada's team. No. Boo, Earns. Get what? out of here. There's Canadian. They are actually the opposite. Yeah. They have no Canadians. No, I know. They have, like, one Canadian on their team. So they are the opposite. They're, like, first of all, they're most, they're, their fan base is, like, the worst. And they <laughs> have no Canadians the on their hour. team. <laughs> yeah, listen, this is where I get to say my true feelings because the <laughs> national hour, they'll come for you. So oh, I pander I on that. And then, you know, now I just uh, talk to my real feelings. But I, I, I got to tell you, I love the trade for them. I think that's an excellent trade and it's fun getting to go kind of like all in at this point. I think they'll probably sign them. I think they'll probably be like, hey, Elias, this guy, he has the same name as you. Do you want to sign for long term? <laughs> He's like, yeah, sure. I just, I think that is a really fun trade. It's one that, makes them way better like that is a legitimate second line shut down kind of guy that contributed 40 goals for the flames i don't think that's what he is but it's a really fun trade and i i love it for them and yeah it's going to be an exciting time for them and i was saying yesterday on the show that there's a chance here now that the kings fall to one of the wild card spots because they've gone for a crap but I'm not sure there's any Canucks fan that wants to see the Los Angeles Kings in the first round as a wild card if they win like the President's Trophy. Because wasn't that what happened? They went yep. in the they were the first overall team. Yep. And then they played the and then they think it swept mm-hmm. or lost in five as when the Kings went on to win the Stanley Cup as the eight seed. So I'm sure that's not what Canucks fans want to see uh when uh if they get the first overall. And they end up playing against are they, the Kings. Are they actually this good? Like, are the Canucks this good? Because I think that it's a similar team to a team from a year ago that didn't sniff the playoffs. And I know the coach is different. And they had talented players even last year. So I think you wondered last year why they weren't better than they actually were. But are they the second? Should they be the second favorite to win the Stanley Cup? Like, do you actually believe that the Canucks, even with this Lindholm deal, are that good? Do you want my real thoughts, Jesse? I don't think anyone's really good. I think every team mm. is, like, kind of the same. I, it's just feel like this league is so capped out and so, um, just kind of diluted. Yeah. The thing that will, the thing that'll help that is adding two more teams. Um, and definitely going back to Georgia, that'll help. But I just, (laughs) I, I feel like they are, they're good, but like, are I couldn't pick them against anyone else. It just feels like they're all, sure. I just feel like they're all the same team. Like outside of the teams that have the super duper stars, like Colorado has a massive advantage because they have Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. Oilers, same uh, thing. Yeah. And same with the Oilers. And you would say the theory about the Leafs would be the same thing, but I don't know. Mm. Like, I think the Canucks are very good. And I think that they have really, really good goaltending. 
So that's a huge advantage for them going into the playoffs. They have a couple good D men. Clearly, Quinn Hughes is really good. Love that heronic. But to me, I think that like they are definitely one of the handful of teams that could potentially win the Stanley Cup. But to me, there's no clear favorite in either side. Like I, you know, I I couldn't pick a team from the East. I guess Boston, but like you look at their lineup on, you know, any you're like, ah, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. I guess, you know, I think it's probably Florida in the, in the East. You look at their roster. It feels like they have the best roster They're They play every game offended the whole time. They have the perfect playoff style team. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't, I really have a hard time handicapping it this year. Like if you go on any sports book, it's probably the Oilers or probably the Canucks that are favored. But is, I yeah. really don't know. Yeah. Like I watched two games of the Jets and I'm like, Everyone's like, these guys are the best team in the league. I'm like, what? You're like, did you watch their power play? I'm like, can they make a pass? Like, this team's supposed to be the best team. They lost at least two in a row. Like, I, I don't know. I'm really having a hard time picking a favorite, but the Canucks are definitely amongst the teams that could win. No, it's, it's, there is so much parity in the league. And like, we talk about it like it's a good thing. And it, it is yeah. when your team has a chance. Yeah. But like, you want, you want a stud. Like, you want one or two teams to hate. You want teams that are true kind of measuring sticks. And I, I think you kind of nailed it with the Canucks that, yeah, they are like all these other teams, except their best players are having transcendent seasons and they have a goalie who is making saves and not just some saves, a lot of them. Like that's the recipe right now. It's like, are your stars performing and do you get stops? And that's kind of it. And you know, the Leafs obviously have had parts of that recipe working for times, but yeah, it's, it is such a weird season this year with just so much mushy middle. I I do want to pick up on what you said about the expansion thing. Like this drives me nuts and I'm very much at two minds on it. Like I'm not, blind to the realities of the sport, right? Like you want to be in bigger American markets. That's how you generate revenue. But you also have to, you know, pander is maybe the wrong word, but it's like you have to play to the audience that actually cares about you as well. And this isn't me saying, go put another team in Quebec City. Like I understand the financials that probably don't work, but it just seems like this league is slowly forgetting, you know, like who pays the bills around here. And that's not to say the hockey doesn't need to be on ESPN or anything along those lines, but it's just so frustrating to see like, Oh, let's give Utah a chance and make sure the coyotes, you can never ever lose a team in Phoenix. And you're going back to Atlanta for the third time. And you know, it's, it just seems like Canada at times, I don't know, like maybe this is too strong, but it feels like a bit of an afterthought almost. Yeah, because they are. They don't have to think about it. It's done, right? <laughs> like, it's just like, you know, they have their seven teams and they're all popular. I mean, look at Winnipeg. Winnipeg doesn't even sell out. So I, I don't want to, that, that's that's tough. But um, I think, okay, so Kipper brings up things on the show. Yeah. And he just like says things. And I know like, where you're going with this. And, and I've heard this, scuttlebutt like, as well from people. He's, yeah. He's said this multiple times, like a lot over the past few years, talking about a second team in the Toronto area with it being like a Rogers team and a bell team. And he's brought that up like four or five times. Mm-hmm. And Keith Pelly is coming back to take over MLSC. I think what, if I was going to see the expansion, maybe that Toronto gets a second team, Salt Lake city gets a team and then they move the coyotes to Georgia. Mm-hmm. That's how you would have it stay like in, in, um, sort of lined up with the amount of teams. So would you do we need another team? Hold, no, hold on. Would you want another team? No. Yeah. Oh, would I want another team here? Absolutely. Oh, of course. I, I would not at all. Want it's the Mecca team. of hockey. Yeah, it's I know. The, it's, tr- it's Toronto. It's, they're going to win. You know, they're every... going to win first. Okay. Like, <laughs> clearly. I mean, obviously that is a lock. They wouldn't even post that on in Vegas. They're like, yeah, it's a minus 10,000. 
So I did a po- I did a poll on this because we were talking about it. We talked about it the other day on the show, and I said, "Would you jump ship?" And I was stunned by the amount of people that said they would. Disgusting. Uh, well, I shouldn't say stunned. Well, I was mean, it an anonymous poll? Of course, it was an anonymous <laughs> poll. But like the text, people were texting in saying they would jump and. Like I, it got over two thousand votes, and seventy-two percent of people said they would stay. Twenty-seven yeah. percent of people said they would leave, and I, I'm clearly would never leave. Mm-hmm. But like, no, it's not like the Leafs. It's not like the Leafs have given you a lot. Like, there's a new team that gets built in your backyard. It's not like jumping to the Canucks because they are having a good year. Right. This is a brand new team from scratch in your backyard. I could definitely <laughs> see it. But I will tell you, the number one thing that would be the most enjoyable part of the new team would be constantly making fun of the people for leaving. <laughs> that would be by far the best part. I'd be like, you left, you left. But like every other major city for their major sport yeah. has two teams. Yeah, New York has two teams. Three. Uh, yeah. Like where else has new teams? Like Chicago has two teams for baseball. Yeah. Like it's oh. it's obvious. Okay, let's do it. Tickets let me, be cheaper. Let me throw one more then. Let's no say the hypothetical uh, Toronto Toros or whatever they're they're called there. My my name, my Borny makes funny for yeah. my team name, and you guys might too. But it would be the Toronto Hearts, uh, the heart of the city. No, it's uh, terrible. That's an awful. Good. It's a bad team name. I gotta say. Sorry, Toronto I'm, I'm, I'm gonna reserve judgment on that one. I, just be a man. Say your opinion. <laughs> No, that's not great. Okay, there you go. He what? said it. Not great. City, no, no, it's bad. It's a bad name. I know. I'm with, I stand with Bourne uh, on this I know one. There's a, I know there's a marketing guy out there somewhere that heard that. He's like, damn, a key. Yeah. Get on to some. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Quickly, before we let you go. Because uh, yeah. you've been you've been so generous with your time after oh, going yeah. to bed at ten thirty, so I don't feel any sympathy for you for having <laughs> to get up at eight. Uh, power rank them: the Toronto Hearts, the Ottawa Senators, and the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, how do that? How do the, those rivalries against the Leafs stack up? Oh, there's just no question that the Toronto Hearts are number one. Mm, it's okay. it's it's a uh, to me it'd be a blood rivalry. <laughs> I think because you know the how you know how Leaf, you know you know Leaf fans, and it's a nice. They're going to be green, and it's going to be a big H on the on the jersey. This has be. nothing to do with this has nothing to do with Valentine's Day. They're going to be like, green. Get, get your mind out of there. Like, they're <laughs> going to be green. They're going to be a nice forest green with a big white H on okay. them for the heart, the heart of the city, boys. This is like I know you guys don't think on my level, and like you're like, <laughs> it's it's a big deal. I'm telling you, that's gonna be the team name. I, uh, you heard it here. For literally it. any alternative. Okay. Uh, okay yeah. What like, do you call them? The Toronto Huskies. Oh yeah. Like that's, I just that's creative you, here. I just Not gave bad. you. I just gave you the name. It's the. It's like they go Toros. to throwback of the old Toros no, team. There's something okay. like that. We've or, never done that before. Or, A throwback. We've never done that before. Or they go like Ontario. That's the like the Ontario whatever, Ooh. and just to twist the knife on Sens fans as well that they oh, can't so, even. Also, oh, they're not. Also, oh, they're not like they play. Team. Yeah, they like play in Markham mm. or whatever, and then the Von Vipers. Yeah, Ontario. Okay. Tri- that's, that's what you guys want. No, you guys want the Wildcats. No, the Toronto Wildcats. It's not what I. <laughs> I just don't look. I didn't say I have a good idea. I'm just telling you, you have a bad one. Okay. <laughs> I'm just. Che- I'm just checking the text line quickly. Yeah. Uh... Hearts. That is the worst name yeah. ever. Uh, Jeff I, and Barry. Yeah, Jeff and Barry. Guess what? Scoreboard. Uh, one for him. Uh, zero 
for you. Ontario, uh, heart of the city, that'll build a rank in Markham. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, the tough people, start for my idea. The, the people, the people have spoken, and my man in Penetanguishene agreeing with me on Toros. Uh, McKee, uh, people should come up, uh, say hi to you, give you big hugs at FanFest. I feel like you're a hugger. Uh, so I've just uh, said, yeah, you have to give hugs to everyone who sees you at FanFest now. Uh, have a blast down there. I know it's going to be fun. And, wow, uh, I'm stunned you didn't bring up your boy Rory with me this morning. Oh, honestly, like we just got a guest on the other side. I'd happily talk about Rory playing <laughs> oh. well with you all day, honestly. Oh, but, oh yeah, he's playing really well. Yeah, he took that. He's also had some really different penalty. opinions recently. Yeah, oh, I mean, buddy, you, you know, standing <laughs> invitation to do live yelling at any point in time. And uh, I think you just booked yourself for next week with Ben and I. When, so there you go. When, you're, uh, when your boyfriend's playing on live tour next week, you mean? Oh, God, don't. Okay, you know what? We don't have time for this. You're coming back <laughs> next week to do live yelling. Uh, that's Sam McKee. We will yell at each other about live sometime Bye, in the next Later, seven buddy. days. There he goes. Uh, Sam McKee, catch him on Real Kip Rimborn and see him down at FanFest today. The guys will be doing a show from there. Uh, what's going on in L.A.? How salty is LeBron James? That one I can answer. Extremely uh, we'll find out what he's going to do about it next. Dan Wojcicki joins us. One segment left here on Fan Morning Show with Gunning and Rubinoff on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You guys are all over naming this Toronto team that doesn't exist uh, on the text line. 590-590, you want to hit us up, include your name and location. Toronto Traders, far and away, best one I've, I've seen there because that's what you all would be. I have a buddy of mine. I'm just going to out him by name right now. Daniel, how dare you text in saying if the team was west of the city, you would move. How dare you change allegiances? Disgusted yeah, with him. Tough. The best man in my wedding that's saying tough. that? Ugh. Ugh. You know what else is tough? Watching Superstars Age. That can be tough from time to time. Sometimes it's great. You get to see like a second peak, a second prime. I've seen it with Ovechkin, kind of falling off a little bit. Seeing it very much still with Sidney Crosby. But, you know, I think there's two guys of, uh, you know, kind of our vintage, if you will, Jesse, that stand out as having elite, elite second primes, maybe even third primes, if you will. And it's Tom Brady. And then the other guy who's still doing it is LeBron James. Like it is always one of the toughest things in sports to kind of watch an athlete I won't say come to grips with their own mortality because I don't think that's what's happening with LeBron or even his basketball mortality. But, you know, it's just it's never going to be as easy as it was when you were 23, 24, 25. And, you know, when you're 38 years old and you're trying to put it together on a, on a team that's kind of struggling a little bit, it's certainly going to lead to some frustration. You've seen that in spades. Uh, somebody who covers the Lakers in the NBA for the L.A. Times, uh, Dan Wojcicki joining us now. Uh, obviously, you can uh, plug us into what's going on with the Lakers. Uh, Dan, thanks so much for taking the time. How are you doing this morning? I am, too, coming to grips with my own mortality. <laughs> Every morning that I wake up, Sadly. I will tell you, I feel, I, I feel a day older a little creakier. Um, <laughs> it, it, I, I will tell you, it's funny. I don't mean to hijack what no, you guys go for want it. to talk about, but I, I, I will say it is one of my, I don't want to say favorite, but I think it is like maybe the most interesting thing about my job right now and about where the Lakers are at is like sort of like watching a team wrestle with this idea or this game plan of like, what do you do with, you know, and in, in LeBron's case, you know, a 39-year-old star. Like, what do you do with, the, like, what's the game plan for that when that guy is still good? Like, how much do you put into it, you know, now? I mean, he can still obviously affect winning in a real way, but, like, at the same time, like, you never know, like, 
is the next step the one where he's old? Yeah. You, it, it's, a, it's a crazy situation. The closest thing I can think of is, like, a Tom Brady situation. But, like, that's a little different, right? Like, I mean, Tom Brady stands in a pocket. You can mm-hmm. kind of limit his hits. There, there are things you can do. I mean, like, this is, like, it's a re- there, there's no playbook for, like, where the Lakers are at. And I got to be honest, guys, at times it looks like there's – it's a situation where it looks like there's no playbook. <laughs> like, yeah. it does sort of look like that at times where you just don't really know, like, do, do you go for it? Do you not go for it? Do you plan for the future? Do you put it all on today? Um, you know, what? how do you judge a team in which, you know, like LeBron said the other day, like – when they pour everything into a game, right, which is what they will eventually do in the playoffs should they make it, um, they're scary. They're still scary. Um, they're good. When, like, you know, when they when they play well, they are good enough to beat almost anyone, um, you know. Uh, and But, you know, they don't have the wherewithal to do that three times in a week in the regular season. Um they don't have that energy. You know, they're like a pitcher that can, you know, can, can hit, you know, a hundred, um, with a fastball once every six pitches and they sit around 78 on the other. (laughs) (laughs) So it's this really weird thing guys. And, and it's all kind of, you know, to me, it all sort of points back to the fact that they've got, you know, their best player is in, you know, season 21. And it's a really, really weird thing. Yeah, it's crazy to think that he's in season 21 and he's still putting up the numbers and performing the way that he is. I I think some would look at their situation and say, well, not all of it is LeBron's responsibility. He needs some help from his teammates and probably from his coach, too. Uh, Out of 10, uh, where would you say the temperature on the Darvin Ham hot seat is? Because it certainly feels like with every Lakers loss, it's it's warming up a little bit. I mean, I think, you know, I think it's probably at like a six. Um, I mean, I think it's certainly more exterior driven. Um, I think would be the way that I put it. I mean, I don't think there's an expectation internally that he is going to lose his job, you know, um, at least not now during the season, right? Like that does not seem to be an option that is totally on the table. Um, You never know. You never say never. You know what I mean? But, I mean, I think you look at the Lakers organization, you look at the the churn that they've had um, at that seat on the bench, and there's a real hesitancy to make another change right now. Um, you look even on their bench, there isn't a, a clear air apparent um, waiting, um, you know what I mean, a guy that, that you would feel really, really comfortable, um, you know, turning turning the keys over to, like, you know, they, they, they've at times talked about hiring, you know, a lead assistant, like mm. a Terry Stotts type guy, you know, um, that was a guy that they interviewed for their head coaching job a few years ago, a guy that they wanted to have on Darvin Ham's staff. And Terry at that time didn't want to be an assistant. Obviously weird stuff happened in Milwaukee mm-hmm. this year. He didn't stay an assistant there, but like, you know, I think if there was that kind of guy sitting there, um, maybe you'd feel a little differently internally, but like that's just not the reality of their bench, um, you know. And they, they also, I mean, despite what the trending topics would tell you, um, internally they also have a lot of respect for what Darvin Ham did last year. You know, I mean, he, after the trade deadline, 
um, you know, that team with, with very little chances of even making the postseason, you know, ending up in the Western Conference Finals. Um, say what you will about him sometimes as a tactician or anything like that, but Darvin Ham is very level-headed. Mm-hmm. He is, has a really good demeanor for that type of stuff, and, you know, he helped him get through that. Um, and then he played a role in it, and he's a tremendous communicator, and I, I think um, has a lot of uh, he has a lot of respect from ownership and Jeannie Buss. Um, you know, he's collaborated with Rob Polinka, and I, like I said, I, I don't really get a great sense of the appetite there. That being said, though, you know, when the fans kind of turn up the heat the way that they have, I mean, that doesn't go ignored either. So that's kind of why I think I land maybe like a like a five and a half six. Yeah, I think I think that's that's a fair way to look at it. You know, this could apply to Darvin Ham, the head, the head coach. This could apply to Palinka, the GM. This could apply to just about anybody in the Lakers organization. And you know, I want to be clear where I'm coming at from this. Like, you know, I'm a LeBron guy. Okay, I'm 34 years old. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, right in the prime of this, but. What is it like operating in the vacuum that is LeBron James? I mean, say what you will about a lot of other superstars in this league. They aren't that guy just in terms of the orbit that he has around him. I mean, it's not yeah. lost on me that he's never had that that person that he connected with in the way Phil and, and Kobe both, or sorry, Michael and Kobe both had Phil Jackson. He's never had that person. What's it like for the Lakers as a whole to kind of operate in the orbit of LeBron? Yeah, I mean, it's a it, it's hard, you know. I mean, I think like being around it every day and stuff like that. I mean, look, right. So, like on one hand, like you've got to be willing to accept very little credit and take on a lot of the blame. Like that is just uh, the reality of the situations you are playing with. At worst, the second best player of all time, right? He's the NBA's all-time leading scorer for a generation. He's the most dominant player, the best winner, um, you know. So. He, like you're going to be in the crosshairs, right? Um, he's going to get away with things by the way, too, that you're not going to be able to get away with. And I mean, that's not for everybody. You know, Anthony Davis is in a lot of ways, um, as perfect of a compliment to LeBron James in so much that like, he doesn't care about that stuff. Like he's okay. You know what I mean? He's got kind of the right demeanor for it. Um, Russell Westbrook very much did not, you know, like he, be, he, no. like a guy who, a guy, a guy who can like pay attention to things like slights and different things like that. I mean, like, you know, did not handle the, the, I guess the sliding scale in which people are judged very well. You know, um, I, I think like that, that's a very real thing. Like, you know, I mean, like I was saying, you, you know, I mean, like, Here's a, a for instance, right? It's like the Lakers have a transition defense problem, right? Like, like they just they don't always get back. Um, they don't always run that hard. Um, do you know who has a hard time always running that hard? The thirty-nine-year-old yeah. guy. <laughs> like that's a guy, right? And, and so, I mean, like last night, for instance, you know, as that game was going on, you know, and and look, they play that game ten times, they probably lose at nine um, without LeBron James and and Anthony Davis, but like. There were elements of the way the Lakers played where it's like, oh, okay, like it is a little easier sometimes. Like, you know, they all ran back on defense last night. That was never an issue in that game. Like they played faster. They, the ball popped around a lot. Um, they really shared it. And and because guess what? You don't have to do as much when you have the number two player of all time. It's like the ball kind of stops with him. 
because he's LeBron James. Like that's always a good option. You you know, so there's like little things like that that exist. Um, it, it's it's hard and it's not for everybody, and it hasn't been for everybody. Um, you know, I think the, the from a coaching standpoint, right? I mean, like I don't want to say antagonistic relationships, but I mean, look, I mean, this was a guy that didn't initially like didn't initially gel with Eric Spolstra in Miami, yeah. right? Like, I mean, really, the 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 one guy that's sort of like he's connected with most maybe would be Tyron Lue. And like, mm-hmm. even that relationship at times wasn't great. Like mm-hmm. he, he's difficult. Um, but that's because, you know, when you coach him your expectations are like, like he's the, especially right now, like, I mean, and I think this is true going in the trade deadline, but it's, it's only, there, there, there's no patience, you know, your expectations, you have LeBron James, you're going to win. So you better win. Yeah, what do, you, what do you expect them? You mentioned the trade deadline. What do you expect them to do with the trade deadline? Because your first answer, you said how they're kind of in a little bit of no man's land trying to figure out what to do. Do you yeah. go for it now having LeBron be 39 years old? Or, but are they actually good enough? If they get DeJounte Murray, are they uh, a playoff team? Are they now a contender if they add him to the mix? Like there, there are guys out there for the Lakers to go and get if they so choose, but is that a direction that you expect them to take? I I think they will be aggressive. Um, I think ultimately, like, they will land on it's worth going for. Um, now, what that actually looks like, I think, is a little different than maybe it sounds like. Like, I don't think they're going to trade Austin Reeves. You know, I think that is a line that they've sort of drawn, and I don't think that – I think they believe that – flipping, you know, they could trade. My understanding is, is they could trade Austin Reeves for DeJounte Murray today. Mm. You want DeJounte Murray? Cool. Give us Austin Reeves. Right. And like that could happen. Um, the Lakers don't want to do that. Right. They, they look at Austin Reeves as a player they really value. He's on a great contract. Um, you saw last night what he's capable of. Um, fans love him. Ownership loves him. You know, there's reasons to keep him. So like I like does that mean they're not going for it? I I, I don't think so. I think that they kind of look at their situation and say like how much better do we get if we just remove Austin Reeves and add Dejounte Murray? Like you know maybe a little better. You get a little more dynamic on defense if you lose a little bit on offense. Like maybe it's a push. I don't know. Yeah. Um, whereas whereas now I think if they're talking about okay well like you know if we do D'Angelo Russell for who by the way has played excellent in the last two weeks. Um, if, if you do D'Angelo Russell or Deshaun Murray, maybe that's a, a move that, that, that nudges you forwards a little bit. And, you know, but, but the weird thing is guys like going all in for the Lakers, like right now, and this goes back to the bigger question too. So basically what they can trade is they have one draft pick they can trade. Yeah. They have a 2029 first round draft pick that they can put into play. Right. And, and they've offered it to Atlanta. As far as I understand, um, you know, they've offered that they've offered their first round pick this year or this, their rookie this year, Jalen Hitchfino. Um, and they've offered, you know, a draft swap, like they could offer another draft swap. Like that's a thing they could offer. They could put Max Christie, who's a 20 year old, you know, kind of guard that they like, um, you know, into the trade. Um, he's a restricted free agent at the end of the season. Like, but like, that's a guy they want to kind of keep around too. Um, but they could do that. Um, that's really all in for them. Yeah. 
you know, like, like today. Now, the other weird X factor in all of this, because of trade rules and, and, and things like that about which picks you could do, if the Lakers don't trade their first-round pick right now, right, let's say they make a move with some seconds or something like that, mm-hmm. um, on draft night this year, they can trade three first-round picks. Mm. And three first round picks. It's a lot different. Gets you into the conversation. Yeah, that gets you into those conversations where maybe you move Austin Reeves. Yeah, maybe three picks of Austin, three picks in, in Austin Reeves gets you a pretty good All Star. Maybe that gets you Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, you know, or something like that. And, and so that's another part of their calculus too. Um, I, I think the best way to kind of summarize where the Lakers are at. I think they want to make a deal. They don't want to make a bad deal. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a pretty good place to to operate from. Um, you know, you you cover the Lakers, you cover the league at large. There has been a lot of talk. You know, I don't I don't actually know that we've ever heard the words directly come out of his mouth, but I think there's a general belief that if given the opportunity, LeBron James would very much like to play with uh, his son in the NBA. Do you think that's mm-hmm. going to impact his summer? I mean, do you can you see a world where teams are lining up to take him a little earlier in the draft in hopes that it's a carrot either to trade that player to whatever team LeBron's on, be it the Lakers, be it somewhere else? Like, how much do you think that that element of this kind of will will play out this summer? I, I think it's a leverage piece that LeBron will use. Um, and, and, and one, and one, and I mean, look, I think sharing an accord with this, with this son is an, is a goal, right? Like there's no doubt about it. It's been a goal. It's, um, you know, playing with him on the same team has been a goal. I, I also think that there's been an acknowledgement in the last year or so that just playing against him would be pretty special too, you know, and that, um, you know, I think that there, there, that, that exists. Um, you know, it's, it's really hard to say, you know, like if the Grizzlies drafted LeBron, would he sign in Memphis? I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think so. Um, you know, if the Miami Heat did it, maybe, Yeah. you know, okay. like, um, like I, I, I think there's all, there's also like a weird, there's a financial component to all of this too. For sure. LeBron James has a player option this year for, for $50 million basically. Right. Um, if he, um, he could either pick that option up and at some point then be traded. Um, maybe something like that works. But if, if we're talking about him just like signing as somewhere as a free agent, either you're going to a team that has cap space or you're going to go take the, you're going to take a $40 million haircut. Mm-hmm. On your salary. And for a guy who has made it very clear that, you know, he wants to own an NBA team. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, like $40 million is that's significant. Yeah. Even if you have a billion, like that's significant. So I do think that is in play here too. So I, I, you know, it's an interesting question. And I also think the other part of this too is like, you know, if you're a team that like, again, the Lakers are in the situation right now where they're trying to figure out how much to actually throw behind a 39 year old LeBron James. Um, if you're the team that's going to draft Bronny James with the hopes of getting LeBron, now you're also asking yourself, how much am I going to throw behind 40 year old LeBron James? Yeah. Um, by the way, in, in a new culture where anything that you had built or built before now, by the way, now your new culture is LeBron James <laughs> yeah. at 40. 
Yeah. And, and those that's also, I don't think for everybody. No, it's not like it's, it absolutely can work out, but it's far, far from a, uh, a guarantee. Uh, Dan, fascinating stuff. I could talk about this uh, all day with you. So really, really appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure, guys. This is, like I said, it's a, I think it's a really weird spot. I mean, we've never seen anything quite like this in the league before, but this is where the Lakers are at. Yeah, no, we haven't. Uh, there you go. Stan Wojcicki uh, Thanks, covers Dan. the Lakers and the NBA for the LA Times. Very different than the, the closest comparable is Tom Brady, right? But there was a weird, there was one weird divorce and it was at the end. And mm-hmm. uh, Sorry, Tom, not talking about that one. I just mean with the Pats. <laughs> and then and then he goes to the Bucks, and yeah. it works out swimmingly. And yeah. Then he rides off into the sunset. Yeah, That's he, it. he played it perfectly. Right? Like yeah. with LeBron, he's already moved. He's a mercenary. He's gone a million different places. <laughs> I do wonder the idea of teams say like, okay, the Raptors, they're going to have these picks at the tail end of the first round. What is stopping them from just do it? Because again, I, I don't no think, idea I, don't think do I don't it. think some team like the Raptors drafts Bronny saying, great, LeBron's going to sign here. I don't think it's that simple, but I do think you can now possibly flip that player to the Lakers or wherever else LeBron ends up because it's no longer Bronny James, 27th pick in the draft. It's LeBron James' LeBron James's son. son, which yeah. uh, matters. And even if you have him, like it, whether you get LeBron or not, like that sells tickets. Like, uh, yeah, I no, would, totally. And all we've heard up until this point about this year's NBA draft is how weak it is. Yeah. So if you have a pick like anywhere inside, like, outside of the top 10, like how are you not seriously looking at this from a financial perspective? Uh, social media perspective, like there's a million different things that you can do with getting Bronny James. Yeah, there really are. That's just not, that's not even including the fact that you might end up getting LeBron James as a result of that. So I I would, I I hope GMs around the league are taking a really serious look at doing this. And obviously like you don't want him to, you know, if he's not worthy Mm -hmm. or whatever, all those things, you don't want him to take a spot of someone who would, be going there yep. if, if Bronny James wasn't there and it wasn't LeBron James' son, but it's, yeah. we're living in the real world. Yeah, Fanasa Santacumpo exists. Yes. Go look at the videos yes. of him dribbling a basketball. Exactly. Uh, a couple things I want to tell you about. The NHL's transformation to Toronto for the 2024 Rogers NHL All-Star this year includes the NHL Fanfare, a four-day family-friendly event happening now until Sunday, the fourth with interactive hockey games, special appearances by NHL players, and much more. Visit Rogers and Sportsnet at the Fanfare to win awesome hockey prizes. Have your photo taken at the Sportsnet broadcast desk and test the seed the speed of your slap shot with the Rogers hardest shot skills competition. If you haven't already, be sure to secure your tickets at NHL.com slash fanfare. Well, surprise blast. Also, it's hockey night in Punjabi in Brampton in partnership with the city of Brampton and the NHL hockey night in Canada. Punjabi is celebrating the sport of hockey on Monday, February 5th with a free community skate event at Gore Meadows outdoor rink. Come meet the team. Check out the United by Hockey Mobile Museum. Go for a skate and take a pick with the Stanley Cup. There'll be food trucks and plenty of games and activities for everyone. Again, that is February the 5th at Gore Meadows Outdoor Rink in Brampton, 3 till 8. So make sure to check that out there. We don't have any football to check out this weekend. We do have NHL All-Star festivities. I don't know, maybe this is like, maybe this is a mindfulness weekend. We got to like better ourselves. Read a book. (laughs) 
read a chapter of a book or something, go outside, touch some grass. I don't know. I feel like uh, this is like a weekend for, for reconnecting with the other parts of your life yeah. outside of just sports. I'm fully letting the weekend come to me. Just like usually I have a plan for Sunday yeah. and, you know, plant myself on the couch or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, I, whatever comes, whatever comes. comes, let's do it. All right. Just, uh, just let, let the waves take you wherever, it's a beautiful uh, thing. wherever mother nature uh, want, wants to go. I uh, always love getting you in here. Uh, Thanks, Rubinoff, man. always, always fun. A lot of fun. Any day we get to talk to Charles Davis and talk about the steroid Olympics is a good day with me. I'm so happy we uh, got that. And, you know, Michael Buble, just another shout out to him. For, yes. Honestly, giving us something to talk about in that first hour of the show. Uh, This is tons of fun. Uh, Always good. Ben will be back with me on Monday. Thanks so much for listening. It's been the Fan Morning Show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.